0: My name is John Hendren, and you're listening to BachCast, episode 59, and you've just heard the introduction to the concerto in D major, BWV 1054, performed by Andreas Steyr on harpsichord along with the Freiburg Baroque Orchestra. Uh, This is my newest uh, purchase of this particular concerto, um, and I rather like it. Uh, He includes... Uh, Six concertos in the recording. Um, Going through quickly the BWV numbers, Uh, we've got 1052, 1053, 1058, 1054, 1055, 1056, and 1057. Uh, So these are a collection of seven solo harpsichord concertos, including um, the one that is a rewrite of the Brandenburg Concerto, Number four, that includes two recorders. Um, What's interesting about this recording, uh, it uses a number of different um, uh, configurations. And what I mean by that, in uh, two of the concertos, uh, there is continual harpsichord added to the ensemble. And in one of the concertos, they go single strings, and they have their reasons it's in the notes but i just think it makes um a well-rounded recording when they're adaptive like that right so this concerto i can't believe i've waited this long in in the series to introduce you to bwv 1054 this this concerto uh it opens with that strong triad boom 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 you might be familiar with it already as something else it's also the violin concerto in e major bwv 1042 um It's lived with me for a very, very long time. This was the concerto that I borrowed from the library. We had a new CD player. My mother and I were sick and tired of my father playing the same two CDs. It was Christmas, probably 1988 or so. And I came home from the library with a bunch of different CDs. And I heard this concerto uh, performed by Trevor Pinnock in the English Concert. And I was like, whoa, it totally changed my world to hear this music, to hear the performance style, to hear the harpsichord, to to hear this instrumental piece by Johann Sebastian Bach. It was, it was incredible to me. Uh, and that sort of opened the door to me to appreciating Baroque music. It's why I'm a, a fan of Bieber, a fan of Bach, a fan of Telemann, of Vivaldi, of, uh, you know, all the... If you go to the website, Bieberfan.org, check out the reviews, that's what got me started a CD by Trevor Pinnock of B to V ten fifty four, And so I've taken my time to get here. Um, but it's, it's a great concerto. It's, um, performed here in that, the excerpt you heard, uh, on an, a harpsichord built in 2004. And I see these guys names a lot. Um, and I typically like the sound of their instruments, Anthony city and Frederick ball. Um, Andreas Steyer is the harpsichordist. The harpsichord itself was built on a model built in Hamburg, 1734, by Hieronymus Albrecht Haas. And so we typically hear a lot of Baroque music. If, if you go to a default instrument, it's usually like a Flemish harpsichord, like a Rutgers, um even in French, um, you know, this sort of French-Flemish uh model is what's most popular. And I really appreciate the fact that in this uh, recording, we get a, a model of a German harpsichord. And that's the most notable thing about this recording is the sound of Stairs harpsichord is very different. I, I can't be absolutely sure of how it's configured or how its registration works, but I have a feeling at some point that there may be some different registrations used. And I can't be sure of what in the notes I've gone I purchased this th- online. I get it. I've got the digital PDF of the notes and I don't see anything in here about those details of whether it has a four foot stop used, whether it's using a 16 foot. Uh, but my ears um, definitely have woken up to the richness of this instrument, which has a lot of overtones to it, meaning that the, the top, the, the, the treble really cuts through the texture. Um, but it's just a different sounding instrument. And by that alone, it, it's an interesting recording. Uh, I think Steyer is an excellent interpreter. I've been listening to him since I came across the uh, Brandenburg Concertos recording and uh, was recorded in 85, 86 by Musica Antigua Köln. He was the harpsichordist with them at the time. Um, I have a number of CDs by Mr. Steyer and have the highest respect for him as an artist. And... If you read the notes, it, he's he's actually put some little cadenzas in here, which is appropriate to do. Uh, having studied these works a number of years ago in college, I was always uh, clueless as to, as to why when Bach gives you that little spot for a little embellishment, um, that why people didn't take him up on it. And in this recording, we get that. So overall, I think it's it's uh, it's a great recording. It's not my favorite of this one. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Um, but you probably will, if you are a detail-oriented person or a detail-oriented listener, the sound of this instrument is well worth your investigation. So this recording came out in 2015 on the Harmonia Mundi label. And uh, it's led on the violin by Petra Mullahans. I hope that's how you pronounce her name. Mullahans. Um, and she has also been at the leadership of the Freiburg Baroque Orchestra Consort, and she has been involved in the recording of the Bach Violin Concertos by the same ensemble. So before we leave this recording, I do want you to hear the final movement. What's interesting about Bach's formal structure for this concerto is that the first two movements are sort of the weighty ones, the long, longer ones. The third one is sort of like a little coda to just kind of finish things up. It bounces along, and again, it's gonna give you an opportunity to hear not only uh, the instrument being used here, but how it cuts through the orchestral texture. <laughs> I do not detect, uh, listening to it very closely, the excerpt you just heard of any um, octave doublings at all. Uh, I would guess after listening to that again in this particular concerto that he is using two eight-foot sets of strings. It just, that's, there's just that sort of resonant sound that I, that's that's my hunch. I'm going to have to go back into the, uh, the notes for this uh, recording and see if there are any notes about Uh, registration use. Uh, But I want to hear the instrument above anything else. And here it it does have this sort of um, uh, sparkle to it, and it cuts through the texture. And uh, the other thing that I think was remarkable about that excerpt was Stairs playing. He's got some uh, uh, figurations in the right hand, and I'd have to go look at the score to tell you if they were ornaments or not, but... um, it's got some fancy finger work, and it comes off really well. And I think the tempo chosen there works really well as well. Um, it's not my favorite recording in terms of the sound quality. It's, it's not bad by any extension, but there is a little bit of a um, sort of a distance, if you will, uh, between where the microphones are and where the um, the players are. So I'm going to take that recording sort of as our reference and give you a couple comparisons. This next recording is one that um, is quite a bit older. Not so so old. It comes out. It came out in '94, and this is one I go back to a lot because it's it's one of the driest recordings I have of. Bach concertos in in general and just the music in general. I always think of this as the one of the driest recordings. By dry, I don't mean boring. I mean dry in the the acoustical sense. Uh, It's like you're sitting among the performers. And for that reason, uh, it gives you a little different perspective. And I think it works really well. And this is a recording that uh, doesn't mess around uh, in terms of of timing. It... uh, it uh, it pushes a little bit. So this is Pierre Hantai, who is a harpsichordist. I admire many of his recordings. This is with his ensemble known as Le Concert Français. Um, he is joined uh, in the recording. Um, they include in this recording. It's it's an interesting. Um, program. This particular recording was on the Astray Autovice label. Uh, it features three concertos, uh, including um, probably my favorite, 1052, and then also the, the so-called triple concerto, B2V 1044. And for that one, he is joined on violin by Francois Fernandez and Marc Hantai, his brother. So it's not, it's not dry in the sense that there's actually no reverb at all. There is reverb in the recording. You can hear it in the, in the opening. But the microphones are placed very closely to the instruments. Um, get the sense that the violin is like right in your left ear. And there's this enormous transparency that's kind of attractive about it. Um, that you can really hear almost everything. In the harps- I mean, the harpsichord comes out very transparently in that recording. Um If I have any criticism about it, it, it's, it's how that it just keeps like pushing, uh, there, there's a little bit of the humanity or the organic nature of the music. That's just, you know, there are places just to take a breath or just to put a little pause in there, a musical pause, but they just, they just keep pushing through. Um, but, For the sound quality of this, that transparency, I I think this is a um a really interesting recording, one I like. Now I mentioned the album has just three concertos, but it also combines uh some other pieces. So uh I'm trying to look here. There's two other little pieces, and I I think of them as like filler. There's a prelude and fugue BW eight ninety-two and a prelude and fugue BW eight eighty on solo harpsichord that's included. Um and so the, the entire album is, is a 70-minute album. Um, don't feel they actually needed to add that, but it does sort of um, provide a, uh, a filler, if you will, between the concertos. Um, but if you wanted the whole collection of those preludes in fugues, future, you'd look elsewhere. But he includes two there. Um, so that is uh, Pierre Huntai. I'm going to give you two more examples this next one, I think, uh, is interesting for the way the strings accompany the harpsichord at the beginning. And so we have uh, the opening phrase, which are those long notes, right? Bom, 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 da, and it's just like this, it's like this perpetual machine. Da, 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 da. It's, it's just the notes keep going, you keep hearing them. Um, when the strings come in, now, with the Hantai recording, I'm pretty sure that was one instrument to a part for the orchestra. Um, I don't that's not something I have my fingers on right now, but it just sounds that way. With the Freiburg Baroque Orchestra, uh, I know that looking at the notes that they played with changing the size of the orchestra among the different concertos, but that some of the concertos use, you know, a larger complement of strings. Uh, thinking back to the pinnock recording that that was the one that turned me on to this they typically would use eight violins in in that ensemble and so in this one what's interesting is how short uh, the string players play to sort of be in concert to the sh- the natural shortness that is the sound of the harpsichord now this recording is um, I don't have the harpsichord's name uh, it's it's the Europa Galante Ensemble. This came from a, a really great recording. It's one of my favorites of Europa Galante, actually. Uh, between their their second recording of the four seasons, when they recorded all of the 12 concertos opus 8, that's probably my favorite. Uh, and I still put Biondi as one of my favorite interpreters of the four seasons. Uh, in this particular album, it—I uh, have the original when it came out. It's probably in re-release now. It had a blue top to it. It has a violin painting at the bottom, and it's simply called JS Bach Concertos. And there are some arrangements in there, but they give us the original version, if you will, of the Harpsichord Concerto BWV ten fifty four. Um, the timings are pretty much the same, pretty consistent with some of the other performances but I love the sensitivity here of the string playing. Um, uh, To say nothing of the harpsichord playing, listen to the strings in this particular version. So if I, my criticism of the Hantai, where just things seem to rush through, this one seems to add back to the performance. A little bit of that organic humanity. It's it's not, it's most audible through the strings, I think. Uh, there are some shapes to those lines, some dynamic um, attention that I really think works well. The one criticism I have of that recording is that there seems to, the the bass, um, specifically double bass seems to be absent um, and I don't mean that it's not playing at all, but I just don't get sort of this especially on those opening chords bom, bom, bom. like there's there's it's missing the meat of the sandwich, you know it's it's like the the bottom of your sandwich uh is not there. um I know a, a, a weird association I just made, but um it doesn't have sort of the oomph, if you will, to use a highly technical term, right uh that some of these other recordings have in terms of the bass it seems a little f- top heavy maybe in terms of that string texture uh the harpsichord is a um is a delicate sounding instrument but the mix the mix of the uh recording still makes it transparent enough uh and overall i think an overall good performance um again this album is conducted by um, from the violin fabio biondi um, J.S. Bach Concertos by Europa Galante. And this came out in 1999. One of the things I really like about it is Fabio Biondi's reconstruction, his performance of the minor concerto, 1052 in D minor. Um, I really like his playing in that concerto. Uh, it's an adapt adaptation of another Bach concerto for the violin instead of the harpsichord. Um, with the belief that maybe that concerto was born as a violin concerto. Well, we're going to get to the last performance, which and I in this case I saved the best for last. This is my favorite reading of 1054. Um, this comes from a recording I purchased um, not too long ago. It was actually recorded in 2008, but I've owned it for far less than that time. Uh, I was abroad in... France and picked it up at a CD shop. Uh, I saw it and had heard of this harpsichordist, but I had not heard of the recording, and so I took a chance. This is um, recorded on the Arts label. Uh, the soloist is Francesco Cera, Cera. I'm probably not pronouncing his name right. C-E-R-A. Um, he has performed with... Uh, Il Giardino Armónico, but in this case he is with the orchestra known as I Chisti under the direction of Diego Basolis. And the CD includes uh, four concertos, 51, 52, 53, 54, and 56. That's something I don't usually hear in there. That little trill that uh, Mr. Sarah put in uh, maybe smile. Um, what I like about this recording uh, are a couple things. Number one, I think it, it sounds the most clear and natural, uh, just kind of listening side by side. Number two, uh, despite the fact that there's a lot of bloom and reverb in the recording, the harpsichord is mic'd close, and so it really stands out transparently, which makes it easier to hear. And number three, what was lacking in the beyond recording, there seems to be a, a, a decent amount of bass to the orchestra. So when they play those opening chords, uh, you, you get that richness of, of hearing it from the double bass up through the upper strings. Um, I also think the performance is, is nice in the harpsichord. There's some playfulness there. And, uh, for, uh, Somebody who's maybe not as mainstream as some of the people I've mentioned, like Andreas Stayer or uh, Trevor Pinnock or Pierre Antai. I think the, the series by um, Diego Fasolis on the Arts label. This is not this is not the only recording they have. I believe they've probably recorded all of them. This is the one that I happened to have uh, purchased and would recommend. And so that's what I wanted to present to you today. Uh, BWV ten thousand fifty four. Um, not 10,000, 1054, by Johann Sebastian Bach. It's a really cool concerto. It's well-written. It's probably very well-known. If you're a fan of Bach, you've probably heard this either in the harpsichord or the violin version. And uh, thanks for listening.